Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that you have spoken, Lord, so that we might know you. You have called out for us to hear you. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy that is new for us every day. We ask that you would open our hearts and our minds now, open our ears so that we might hear you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's going to be a little bit unorthodox today because Kate and I are going to preach the sermon together in unison, the whole thing. (laughs) Not really, but we will share the sermon moment. We are going to preach this sermon together. I'll go first and she'll bring it home. You want to finish with her anyway because she's more interesting. And uh, anyway, we'll go on here. So if you're like me and you're like Kate, uh, your first reaction to hearing the parable of the sower is often threat feel threatened. We sit down, you know, to have your quiet time. You've got your coffee there. You're, you know, you want to hear something nice and reassuring. But before you know it, you hear Jesus describe these different soils and you start worrying, if you're like me. What if I'm the rocky soil? What if I hear the good news, but then I walk away from the faith like one of those pastors or those public Christian figures who've disowned their Christian faith? Or, you know, what's, what's stopping me from being that way? Or maybe I'm, I'm the one with the thorns. I was worried about the cares of the world this morning. You know, if you're like me, am I that thorny soil? Am I, and my faith, is it going to get choked out by those thorns and wither away when it really matters? You know, I sat down to meet the Lord in my quiet time, right? But I end up wondering, am I saved at all? And if I am saved, is my salvation going to go away? I feel worse off than before. We get nervous because we want to be the good soil, right? And we want to be the ones who hear the word of Christ and bear fruit. But we get worried because we see ourselves in the soils. We get worried, and it's actually Jesus' teaching that has worried us. Maybe you think, like me sometimes. Maybe this quiet time wasn't a good idea at all. At all, I should have probably just turned on Bob Marley this morning and listened to him sing to me, everything's going to be all right, you know? But um, the reason why I often default that way is because I'm not actually reading the passage right. When I read it that way, that's me and us. When we read this passage that way, it's us turning to ourselves and looking to ourselves for the answer. We're turning inward and thinking, oh, well, am I the good soil? You're looking to yourself for the answer there. And if we do that, we're listening to only the word of conviction in this passage. And that's all you're ever going to find when you turn inward. As Paul says in Romans 7, there's nothing good that dwells in me that is in my flesh. And Jesus never leaves us there. He never leaves us there. He came not to condemn us, but to save us, John tells us, thank God. Jesus always leaves us with his promise. And so, you need a preacher. We all need preachers in our lives to tell us the promises of God so that we might hear it. And this is his promise. Jesus gives bad soil ears to hear. And then he redeems them. Jesus gives bad soil ears to hear him, and he redeems it. First off, he gives them ears to hear. Secondly, he makes bad soil good so that it actually bears fruit. And thirdly, the fruit from the good soil 
is our testimony, our testimony of his grace in our lives. So, Jesus alone gives us ears to hear. We'll start there. Jesus knows us. If you've heard me preach ever in these past four years, or any of us here at Holy Cross, you know that Jesus is not surprised by our situation. He's not surprised by our sin. He came for that reason. He came because we were sinners. He came to save us. He's no, he knows what Paul says in Romans 3, and he's quoting the psalmist, Paul. It says, There's no one is good. No one seeks after God. No one does good. There's no good soil in the lot of us. He knows the soil. He knows that we are that soil. He knows that we're stuck. Soil is just what it is, right? It can't get up if it's rocky and move to another place and try to make itself less rocky. It can't change its sandiness. Soil is what it is. It's helpless. It's an inanimate thing. That's why we need a sower. We need someone to act upon us, right? We need to be changed, cultivated to receive the seed. We need a word that gives us life. What we need is a God who creates what he demands. We need a God who makes everything out of nothing. That's the God that's presented, us, presented to us in the Bible. We need a God that creates what he wants. And that's Jesus. Jesus alone does this. He gives us his righteousness. He gives his righteousness to sinners like me, to like sinners like us. And he forgives. He redeems. He makes new life come out of the rocky ground. This parable for us is a reassurance. It's a reassurance to us Christians that we will bear fruit because he has made us good soil. A couple weeks ago, I preached uh, on the fact that Jesus was rejoicing in the Father's will. And we talked about what is the Father's will. It was that he might make God known to us. And we hear that Jesus rejoiced in that because he had given God's people ears to hear. He had come and revealed these things to little children. We cannot hear him unless he gives, it, gives us the ability to hear. And he does. He gives it to us generously and lavishly. The sower in this parable scatters seed everywhere, right? He sends preachers everywhere. He sends them out to share the good news. And he makes us preachers, you and me, to share the testimony of his grace, to share the fact that we have been changed by him. We often think that the good fruit in our life is us uh, to just turn back to performing, turn back to the law and do it right, you know, that I just need to obey the Ten Commandments more. It's so often the way we go. But the good fruit is actually what we just did which is confessing to each other that we have not kept them. The good fruit is us confessing our brokenness to one another and confessing and testifying to the fact that Jesus has forgiven us, that he has forgiven us and he has worked grace into our lives. And now those places of brokenness are now our testimony. We now boast in the Lord where we are weak. Jesus gives bad soil ears to hear and then he redeems it. 
He gave ears to hear his word of forgiveness to his disciples, right? That's why we know all this. They wrote it all down so that we might know. They boasted in their weakness. They do it all the time. They tell on themselves throughout Scripture. They boast in their weaknesses because it shows his mighty grace, his power to save. And they told people of his grace, and then those people told others, and those people told others, and now I'm telling you. That's why we're here, because we've heard We've been told, and I need you to continue to tell me. And now I'm going to hand it over to Kate. <laughs> and I need you to tell me too. Um, Jesus gives us ears to hear him. He reassures his people that he bears good fruit in them. But this is not just a word of reassurance for Christians, but a message of hope for all sufferers everywhere especially the ones who are in the weeds, on the rocks, and chewed up by hatred, self-hatred, hatred from others, and certainly hatred from the devil himself. The fruit that we bear is our testimony. Jesus makes bad soil good, so good that it bears much fruit. Luke notes this, the writer of this gospel. Just before this passage, Luke mentions that women follow Jesus as his disciples too, and he names them, especially Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. And on the other side of this parable, Jesus heals a man who is possessed by an army of demons, a legion of demons, and he was chained up. He was so crazy. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like pretty rotten soil to me. Luke has placed the discipleship of formerly demon-possessed people around this parable. Jesus takes rotten soil and redeems it. And he makes it good by giving us ears to hear him say, I forgive you. I forgive you, Mary Magdalene. I forgive you and release you. I am with you and I bear good fruit from you. His word is the seed that will not return void. And the fruit that we bear is our testimony of his grace in our lives, like Sean said. I was the thorny soil. I was cluttering my life with possessions and distractions and missing the people right in front of me. And then I heard Jesus. He convicted me, forgave me, and helped me make amends with my family. Or I was the stony path, stolen from by the devil. All I heard was I was worthless, unwanted, discarded. And then I heard Jesus, and he described me, and he promised me new life. These are our testimonies. This is my testimony. He has forgiven me much. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about his love. Jesus must have had the promise from Isaiah 55 in his mind when he chose to tell the story of the sower of seeds. And here is that promise from Isaiah 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower 
and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy, and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands, and instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Jesus is saying, you are the precious soil to me. And instead of thorns, I make cypress trees grow. Instead of briars, I make the myrtle tree grow. And it will show the world who I am. The redeemer of soils. The sower of the word that makes life in sinners like you and me. Now when I read that passage in my quiet time with my coffee, I can see myself described in the soils and praise Jesus Christ who saved me. I have a word of hope and grace for others who are getting choked to death too. You do too. You have this testimony too. We have been there in our sin and in our pain and in our loss. And a man named Jesus planted his word and said, you are mine. I love you. I forgive you. And you will never be cut off from me. Watch me grow in you. I'm going to say a prayer. Come, Jesus, and sow your word in us. Amen.